Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. What is up? Week one of the 2023 college football season has come and gone, and your boys from Last Call are back with you for another fun season. You know, guys, it feels like just yesterday that we were raising Pacificos out in SoFi Stadium, toasting the dogs, back-to-back national championship, and here we are. It's uh, September, and the 2023 season is underway. How are we feeling? How are we doing? It's a good time of year. It's a great time of year, and uh, ha- again, happy to be back. Um, first, I'd like to, and we'd be remiss if we did not uh, pay a little respect to the Parrot Heads and Jimmy Buffett. Cheers to the goat. Um, but like similar to the dogs in week one, I kind of sleep slept, walked a little bit through week one. So um, we'll see where it goes. Happy Labor Day, all. I hope uh, no one really labored too much today, enjoyed the nice weather. Uh, yeah, you know, um, pretty much what I thought was going to happen this past weekend. Fun, though. Watch football Thursday night with Florida, Friday, Georgia Tech, Saturday, a whole slate of games. Last night, yeah, the LSU FSU, and currently it's Monday night, uh, Labor Day, and uh, Duke and Clemson are on right now. Yeah, you know, I'm certainly not complaining about kind of the way the season started, but it's just funny because we wait with such anticipation, you know, reading all the reports and following all the spring games and recruiting. And then, like, the first week, just kind of like a nothing burger, you know? I mean, you know what going in. We were supposed to be playing Oklahoma um, you know, I don't know if this week or, or next week, whatever it was going to be, but you know, we played these FCS teams and uh, it's hard to get excited about it. I mean, it played out the way we probably thought it was going to play out, but I'm with you, Lawrence, kind of slept walk through watching it. Um, but hey, let's just chat about what we saw. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, there's nothing really super impressive about the game. Um, I think that, uh, and I think a lot of that was intentional. You know, I think uh, Carson Beck was looking a little bit nervous. Um, but at the end of the day, our defense looked stout. I think the seven points that we gave up was very questionable. Defense should have pitched a shutout. Uh, and I think Kirby's just trying to get guys playing time. And so they know what it's like to be under the lights when, uh, when it really comes time for a big day. Well, that's absolutely right. It should have been a shutout. That was a crap call, but it is what it is. Um, at the end of the day, no one watched the game because you needed that stupid ESPN Plus app, which cut out on me 19 times. I'm, I'm a bit ornery. Uh, one of our friends uh, was was upset about it. Said, look, we're two-time defending champions, and we open on ESPN Plus on an app on my iPhone. Um, and, and look, there's something to probably be said about that. Um, but the point I'm getting at is no one outside of a Georgia fan or, or a Skyhawk fan watched that game. So uh, people across the country see Georgia 148.7. Oh, hum, move on. Yeah, the app uh, made it also – Correct me if I'm wrong, but you couldn't record the game, right? Um, which is very frustrating, you know, not to be able to go back and watch it. Um, so, look, we've talked about the streaming before, and it's just hard to figure out what the hell is going on with it from week to week. So that that was frustrating. But, look, I mean, Kirby has, has reached this point where he ain't got to answer to nobody about style points or game plan or play calls or whatever it is. He has a mission. You know, our boy Jam Coffee talks about the long con, so to speak. Like, he's got a – set idea he's going to do for each game to build up for where we're going to be in December. He don't give a shit about the score 
uh, I don't think, in September versus, you know, directional school. He wants to get the guys in who need to get in, get them reps, get their feet wet. Carson Beck, I mean, the box score is respectable, right? He he looked a little iffy at times, missed some throws, but got that first game under his belt. And um, mission accomplished. No one got hurt that I know of, so mission accomplished. Yeah, and, and listen, in, in Kirby we trust, right? Um, I, I trust that he has these guys where he needs to be. I think uh, Beck made a couple bad throws. There was a, a ball behind Dominic Lovett on a third down, which probably cost us some points. He overthrew Arian Smith in the end zone. Um, but for the most part, you're right. His stats look good. Uh, I thought Makai Muse looked great earning a start with Lad McConkey out. Uh, Rod Burgundy, our freshman running back from San Diego, looked solid in his first game in Sanford Stadium. Um, you know, Brock was Brock, right? He was just, he's unstoppable. Um, and then we had a couple freshmen out there that looked pretty good on the defensive side, CJ Allen. Um, and then another defensive staple, Malachi Starks. Like these guys came to play. They look good. They look the part. They're going to be superstars. Uh, and the other point, you know, to give UTM Martin or UT Martin their due, their punter was freaking awesome. Yeah, it's not a good player. I mean, yeah, he was awesome. He, he was better than our Australian, though our Australian's pretty awesome, who apparently is like 35 years old. Um, yeah, we held out a lot of people. Our defense was in base defense all night. We showed absolutely nothing. When you, At one point, I think it was in the first half, we had Cash Jones and Makai Muse on the field at the same time. You're not going to see that later in the season. Rosemary Jack Saint didn't play because he was suspended. Ladd didn't play. Uh, Kendall Milton did play. I didn't think he would. I'll get into him in a little bit. I'm going to critique him a bit, let's just say. But uh, Brock was Brock. I thought uh, Carson Beck was fine. I mean, he's catching a lot of heat. Um, B, you know, I'll give him a B on the day. Uh, I would have liked to see him get into a little rhythm and, and maybe get some confidence because I think that's something you can get out of these games, right? You don't necessarily need, you know, to to put up a crazy score. And, and to your point, Kirby doesn't care. Look at the Kentucky game last year. Uh, but I would like to see him get some confidence. I, I thought the offensive line wasn't getting a big push on a lot of running plays. That was somewhat concerning. I mean, the defense gave up seven points again, should have been zero. But there were some, some areas that I thought that they gassed us a little bit. Um, those things will get cleaned up. I'm not worried at all. So both of y'all yeah, mentioned. Listen, uh, think, go, ahead, go ahead, you got it. I, I was going to say both of y'all mentioned um, Makai Muse, which was the name that kind of jumped out to me. The player that jumped out to me. You know, his name was brought up a lot in the spring. You never know what you can trust coming out of, of practices, but I think he's legit, guys. I really do. Um, and I think that the wide receiver room is just freaking loaded. I mean, you get Lad back. You know. Um, Ra-Ra Thomas and love it, get them kind of acquainted. I mean, I, I think they showed some rust with not really understanding the offense and some things they did. Dylan Bell, we we love him. Arian Smith, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. I don't feel the same way about the running back situation. Though. Jason, sounds like you've got something to say yeah. about that, but, but that's something that I do think is going to have to be something that gets figured out. You know, Kendall Milton came in as a five-star. He's a uh, fourth-year senior. Def seems like a great guy and, and you know, a team-first guy for sure. Uh, but I found him disappointing over his career, quite frankly. I mean, he's injured all the time. Uh, he finished, I got the stats actually, he finished with nine carries for 53 yards, but he had a 37-yard, you know, rip, right? So you take that out, he's eight for 16, right, against the FCS team. 
five-star guy, big guy. So, yeah, there's not – I mean, we don't have the Kenny Mack. We don't have the James Cook. We don't have the Zamir White. Um, hopefully somebody could get some consistency. We didn't have Dejan. We haven't mentioned him. He, you know, he didn't play today. So, um, you know, maybe you get Dejan back, you get a little wiggle out of him and, uh, we'll see where we can go. Yeah. I mean, to have meaningful snaps to cash Jones, um, which a back to your point about not being able to get in a rhythm. We had that two minute drill. We got down to like the four yard line, 20 seconds left. Horrible play call. And I think that honestly, like in terms of UT Martin, that was probably the only thing I really get upset with Bobo was all of a sudden the the, the hurry run up the middle with Cass Jones with no timeouts left. And we had to spike the ball. We lost a play, settled for a field goal. Yeah. Uh, but again, Cash Jones, I think, got his ass chewed on the sidelines by Kirby. Uh, but yeah, to, I agree with both of you. The running back room is really the only part of this team that gives me some pause right now. So on that, the Kirby said that that Beck checked into that. That wasn't the play call. Uh, Beck checked into uh, that run up the gut, which then he defended Beck too and said, well, that was the right check. Uh, that was not the play call, though. So there's a lot of hate out there for Bobo already, too. You know, not not saying you are, but but yeah. just in general. Um, so that I'm just not, to clarify. I'm not hating on anybody yet. The dog vent's going to dog vent. The mouth breathers are going to mouth breathe. Uh, it's UT Martin, guys. Like this was a practice. This was a tune up. We got Ball State when Kirby, and now at least at this point, Kirby's got plenty of ammunition to keep rolling at these guys into Ball State week, into South Carolina week. Uh, we are not a, a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. So, so the Bobo stuff is so predictable, right? I mean, you just knew the first screen pass he called on third and long or running up the middle, like the mouth breathers were going to lose their mind. And they did. I mean, Lawrence, you sent that uh, that message from what message board, Twitter or whatever that handle is, which is message board geniuses. Is message board geniuses. It's freaking hilarious. I don't know if they doctored it or not, or if those are legit things they're pulling from the message board. But these people are going crazy over Bobo like five minutes into the game. Like, I get it. We got spoiled by Monk, and he was great. Um, but look, Bobo, I think he's going to be fine. He's going to catch some shit because the play caller is the first one that gets it. But pump the brakes, guys. <laughs> Let it just play itself out. It's lazy. It's a lazy take by people. I mean, you're playing UT Martin. What, do you want them to run the oop-de-oop that we're going to run against? You know, Tennessee? Nothing on tape. Nothing on tape. Right. I mean, so it's just a lazy take. I thought, look, we, we did what we had to do. I mean, would I like to see us crisper? Sure. But nobody, to your point, nobody got hurt. We won 48 to seven. Ho-hum, move on. I mean, what did Michigan win? 30 to three or something like 30 to 10. I mean, they didn't look great. Ohio State, 23-3. So there were know. some, yeah, there were, there were some, yeah, there were some uninspiring games out there uh, besides the Georgia one. But listen, end of the day, I mean, for us to be nitpicky about a 48-7 to 7 win, it shows you how far this program's come. So, hey, congrats to the dogs. We, we got one win on the board uh, with plenty more to come. Absolutely. Could- the only thing I'll add about the Georgia game, um, Kirby used the word basically load management, talking about Brock Bowers. He essentially said that Brock was open or could have been open or could have gotten the ball every single play. And yeah. they're trying to be smart about it. They're, he's, he's LeBron James territory <laughs> during a regular season. He's the opposite of what I want to talk about next, which is the Travis Hunter kid and Coach Prime in Colorado. They are not looking load management for those kids. But good on Coach Prime. That was the most exciting game of the day. We we're all watching it, texting about it. Uh, Gans, you got some thoughts on Coach Prime, so why don't you lead us off? Yeah, my thoughts, I think I'm definitely the, uh, uh, what do you call it, heterodox, the other side of the coin. I am not a big fan of Coach Foot Prime, and I understand why people are, and the game was fun. 
I think we broke TCU back in LA because they have not recovered since. Um, the game was fun. Travis Hunter's awesome. It was exciting. But I've heard enough. Uh, oh, I did this after the game, and I told John I brought receipts, and I brought Louie. Like it's it's he's like a sideshow right now. And I'll come back and say I was wrong, but th- it's not built <laughs> to be sustainable. Uh, let me see Coach Prime come out when he gets absolutely smacked around, which he's going to, and then say then, then take all the blame for it too. I don't. You're not going to see that. So I loved him as a player. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you, number twenty one was awesome, but. Travis Hunter is awesome. Why are you playing a kid 145 snaps in 100-degree heat in Texas? That's just stupid. Hey, he wants to win. He's putting his talent out there. Um, I think – I don't know if you guys saw Coach Prime's uh, locker room pep talk. It was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I love Coach Prime. I think he's good for the game. He is a sideshow, but we need it, right? He's a, a bigger sideshow. He's a professional wrestler. Living his gimmick, exactly living his I gimmick. Say, I was like about Lane to Kiffin. ask you, how great would he be in freaking WWE? Yeah. No, you don't have toes, though. You can't, is- you can't wrestle without toes. You need 10 toes to wrestle. <laughs> I can't. Larry, fact check that for me. Hey, Look, listen, that- he'd be the manager, dude. He's the valet. Coach Prime is a great mouthpiece. You get him. I can't wait for a bowl game between Colorado and Ole Miss. We got Kiffin versus Coach Prime. It's going to be awesome. Um, I will say though, I'm with you. Uh, I think that Colorado is going to be part of that kind of week one overreaction. They're going to play Nebraska this week. Matt Rule, another first year coach, and they might win. Um, they probably win. Nebraska lost. Yeah, and then and then you need to get ready for Coach Prime in Gainesville in 2025. Yeah, it's happening. I, I, he's he's I'm he's coming. He's coming in his words. He's coming to the SEC. I mean, it's just going to happen. I'm surprised that a big job. I mean, big you know, power five, but didn't, didn't get in this year. Uh, I will say this though. There's not a chance in hell. I would have watched a week one Colorado versus TCU game, but for coach prime. And we're all well, watching it. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been on TV. What and on TV? They've got, did you, I read today, they've got the big noon kickoff in, um, in Colorado and Boulder this week, which is, you know, great. And he's obviously bringing that Barstool sports wanted to do their thing. And they got decayed by Colorado. So they don't have enough room to yeah. put seats left on the bus. It's crazy. So, now uh, we love our TCU friends. We we love everyone there. Gans, your family. The the, the text you got from your uh, brother in law. Please share. Oh, I I don't remember all the the exact details. There's probably some things that I can't share on it. But they uh, not not happy. Uh, wanted to fire everybody. Uh, you know, they're, they're, we broke them. <laughs> they were broken in LA. He's a dogs fan now, right? Oh, that's he, right. That's yeah, right. We, we've got him on the dogs. So yeah, that, that to me, that was the biggest game of the week. We had the Battle of the Carolinas, which I didn't really give two craps about. But ESPN Game Day thought enough about it to travel to where is that in Charlotte. Um, did y'all watch help. that game? The, Duke, yeah. the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I, I watched a little bit. I think uh, South Carolina's offensive line just got manhandled by North Carolina. But I think the bigger story is the SEC got stomped with out-of-conference games that were on, on the main stage um, this past week. Florida was horrible, absolutely horrible against Utah. Like I don't, I don't know what the problem there is. I think um, – what do you call him, Sunbelt Billy? I think he is the wrong answer for our uh, – you know, our reptilian friends down in Gainesville, uh, Carolina got smoked by the boys in baby blue. And uh, and then LSU um, got slapped around by the Seminoles, like just not a good showing for the STC this week. Yeah, we talked about it last week. We said, well, I think you asked Josh, how long is the uh, the the honeymoon with Sun Billy? We all Larry and I were in agreement. We said, oh, yeah, he's fine next year. He's fine. You know, next year after that. 
you lose like that to uh, the, the fighting Utes and, and that seat gets a little toasty. I'm, n- I'm not saying right now, but you know, th- their schedule is tough. They're not going to go six and six, like kind of a ceiling for them. It, it could be worse. They might not be playing in December. I, I know there's all this conference love and SEC love and we should root for the SEC. I don't subscribe to that. I could give a shit. I'm glad South Carolina lost. I'm glad Florida lost LSU. I, I was kind of rooting for them. FSU doesn't do it for me, but like, I don't care. I mean, th- them losing just makes us that much more dominant because kids don't want to go to school at Florida. They don't want to go to school at South Carolina. So I'm fine seeing them lose. Uh, Georgia Tech actually watched a little bit of that game. They were on prime time, um, but they still, you know, Tech's going to do what Tech's going to do. They, they, they did get that backdoor cover that we were asking about late in the game. Yeah, they. I watched that whole game or most of it. And and look, they're they're cute, right? It's cute to have them. Like we're all rooting for them because they're so insignificant, right? That's actually a bigger insult than rooting against them. Um, but Don Blaylock was their number one receiver, and uh, Brett Seeler was their number one, you know, tight end. Neither one of those guys could crack the two deep at Georgia, and uh, you know they were getting used. And look, Don Blaylock's a Walton Raider, so we're all happy for him. And son of Mookie, of course. Um, Brett Seeler, you know, nice story, but. Yeah, I mean, look, Brent Key is going to do a much better job than than Coach Capri Pants, but Coach four of four. Yeah, what's their ceiling? I mean, where, where are they going to go? I mean, they're, yeah, they're maybe uh, their ceiling six and six too. I was hoping they'd get an opening day win, uh, but in typical Tech fashion, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, they had a great first half, but uh, as one of my uh, very dear Tech friends says, the first half don't matter, and uh, they laid an egg in the second half. I mean, Haynes King, I thought looked okay. Um, but really, if you look at the ACC, we we're watching. I mean, I watched a little bit of the Clemson game before we jumped on here. Clemson didn't look good. I mean, FSU is probably the cream of the crop right now after week one. Um, obviously, a lot of football left, though. Sure. Yeah. One thing I left out when I was hyping up the Georgia Castaways, Buster Faulkner is there. I see at Georgia Tech. And by the way, I thought he called a pretty decent game plan. Couldn't crack, the, crack too deep at Georgia either. He was a GA last year. So. Speaking of Georgia castaways, I know that Larry loved the uh, West Coast action. I don't stay up and watch any of it, but I did catch the box score. Our boy Dan Lanning, the Ducks, put up 81 freaking points in a college football game. It's uncalled for. I mean, what, what do you do? Like, good for Dan Lanning. I'll, I'll root for him when he's not playing us, but why? that's just stupid. He, he almost killed the poor duck. The duck was doing push-ups after every touchdown. <laughs> uh, he probably can't feel his arms today, dude. Um, but listen, I think they, uh, again, I think like him out there, man. He's good. he's doing a good job at Oregon. He's got some swag to him. He does. He does. Uh, just so you know, I'm putting it on your radar right now. The Ducks are traveling to Lubbock, Texas this weekend. Texas Tech lost to Wyoming. The Ducks are on the road, which I find to be a little bit of a weird game, and they're only a touchdown favorite. Yeah, Baylor lost to uh, Texas State. That was a pretty awful loss. Uh, while we're going through the Big 12, I was glad to see JT Daniels at a 69 school. Uh, Who knew he was there? Texas. Hand in the air. I didn't. I, I did, but, I mean, poor guy. He needs to start selling Chevys or maybe try to get to coaching. Is he Dr. Daniels or Van Daniels at this point? Yeah. Rice is that, a good school. Maybe I'll get a degree from Rice. Great school. Yeah, that, that game, Rice, that game came on right after the Colorado game. We're at the wing eating and, and drinking some beer. And next thing I know, I see JT Daniels' name on the on the screen. I could not believe he's actually at Rice. Was that his fourth school? Correct. Sean wishes he was still starting for Georgia right now. Here's something funny that I actually said in the game. He's played Texas. He's lost to Texas three times. <laughs> three different schools. I saw that. I saw it. All right, so looking towards next week, we got 
you know, a couple couple games that are of interest. I mean, Georgia, another kind of snooze fest with Ball State. I'm going, by the way, so I'm excited about that. First game for the year from me and my family. Expect probably a little bit of the same. I mean, any, anything that y'all think is going to be different in that game next week? I think they might play with a little bit more energy. I mean, it's a noon kickoff, and it's going to be 90 degrees, so that, that kind of contracts what I say. But uh, I think Kirby probably light their ass up a little bit this week because, they did, you know, again, there were some things that we didn't do great. So I'd expect a little bit better of a showing. But, no, I mean, you're going to see plain vanilla. Uh, you're not going to – you know, I just think you'll see it a little bit more cleaner in the trenches probably. Maybe get Tom Lovett's drops. That was that was a frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a tune up for South Carolina coming to ten. Hopefully, McConkey plays. Hopefully, Rosemary Jack Saint plays. Um, I think you'll see a I think you'll see a bigger focus actually on the run game because the O line did look a, a little bit soft, uh, especially on the left side. I think Ernest Green. Um, you know, if you want to get into the nerdy details and stuff, I read his his grade was one of the lowest grades on the offensive line. So I think we're going to see a lot of work on the left side running the ball. But yeah, it's a, it's going to be a total tune up. You'll see Gunnar Stockton in the game. You'll see BBG in the game. Um, probably another like 48, 55, nothing type uh, type score. Another game where they don't even – a betting line doesn't even get released essentially, right? I guess you can find it last will. week, but who knows? I, I defer to uh, Larry for this, but uh, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but South Carolina, did you see how bad they were? I, mean, I know it's – I guess you said you didn't really watch it. They had there were nine sacks. I think I read Spencer rather got hit like fifteen times or something. It's the worst offensive line I've ever seen. By that point, I was I was, I was in the vodka a little deep, so I don't remember all of it. But did you hear your boy? I don't, don't want to steal your yeah. Jim Beamer's yeah. post game uh, confer- uh, press conference. He's such a loser. Bl- blaming it on the people that were setting the ball down at halftime for his onside kick or some crap. He's such a yeah. loser. There, there's a good bit of uh, there, I've got some candidates for this week. <laughs> the Jimbo Award. We got to get back to it. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll save that to the end with Larry's losers. You guys have your your exclusive segments, but the, the game this week, I guess, it's got the most attention. Bama Texas. I think it's an intriguing matchup. Let's see where both those teams are at. I'm guessing game day will be there to bring a little extra hype to it all. Um, what you got, Big Lair? What's how's that game going to play out? So games in Tuscaloosa, Texas comes in, Quinn Ewers. I don't think they looked uh, you know, extremely sharp in their game against the fighting JT Daniels this past weekend. Alabama, on the other hand, Jalen Milrow uh, looked great. Uh, and Alabama had uh, a pretty much a, a big ass kicking against MTSU. Um, it, it, Alabama opened up as a seven-point favorite. Um, feels a little bit low to me, but uh, I, I this is one that I actually think I stay away from. Um, I don't have a good feel of this game one way or the other. I think Bama wins. I think seven's probably the right number, uh, but it very well could be a shellacking. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, you know, I haven't been as high as other people on, on Alabama going into this season. I didn't watch their game. I, again, Middle Tennessee State, so you're not going to take anything out of that. They're all, you know, psyched about Jalen Milrow because he put up decent numbers. Okay, great. Um, Texas. Texas is back. They've been back for, what, a decade, two decades, something like that. Uh, I think we'll learn a lot about Texas this week. We'll learn a lot about Alabama. Seven o'clock in Tuscaloosa, not an easy place to play at night. Um, I did see, you know, Texas is all butthurt right now because Alabama's sticking all their uh, all their their fans and their band in the upper deck. However, that's what Texas did to Alabama last year, so I, I, I see no issue with it at all. I'm good on Alabama for doing it, but yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I'm going to go with Alabama pulling this one off by seven to ten points, but I, no conviction in that pick. 
Yeah. Hey, solid outing for J- uh, Jermaine Burton last week too. Three receptions, sixty-two yards, and a touchdown. So, he, so he's still in school, huh? He's still playing. he's still in school. What is his eligibility these days? Good God! Uh, the other game that I'm interested in is Texas A&M and Miami, and to me, those are the two teams that every year, you know, the media and the networks just want them to be good and think they should be good. And you know what? They're never good. So I'm excited to see out of those two teams what which one is actually going to come out of there. Um, I got a good good buddy, he's a big Miami fan. He swears Miami's back again. They're back. They've been back. Whatever. Uh, Gans, I'm sure you have no confidence whatsoever in Texas A&M, but someone's got to win the game. It's the NIL ball. We, we we talked about it before. This one is in uh, in Coral Gables. I haven't watched any any bit of Miami. I got a little bit of a different tune on Texas A&M and the uh, Texas A&M Mets this year. I don't like just based off of like statistics, probability, you can't be that shitty that long. So I tend to think they're going to be a little bit better this year. Um, But we'll see. I am kind of intrigued about that game as well. So A&M's minus four and a half. Uh, I I tend to agree with you a little bit as well, Gans. I think they got rid of some of the, some of the locker room problems from their, you know, NIL uh, uh, spending spree that they had. Um, I think A&M probably lays it to Miami in Coral Gables, and then they go party uh, with Uncle Luke down there at the uh, Muni Hotel. I'd be Great. fine with that. I'd be fine with that. All right, Lawrence, you've you've teased some lines. You've talked about some, some teams that you like. Um, favorite segment on the show for a lot of people are Larry's Losers. We've got it being tracked this year. See how you did and how are you doing. Um, Tom Ludlam. Participant on the show, faithful listener, is going to be the one that's going to be fact-checking and, and keeping track of your scores. Did he give you credit for last week's win or not? How'd that, how'd that play I believe out? So. Hopefully yeah. our loyal listeners saw my post on uh, on the Jay Stein Law Firm Facebook page. Uh, I took the Hoosiers plus 30 against the Buckeyes, um, and they covered. Uh, it was, was it 23-3 to was the final, something like that? So uh, currently we are 2-0 and on the season. Um, looking at week at week two, man, I think so. We go into the week one overreactions. There's three games that kind of stood out to me as people overreacting. Um, I already mentioned the Ducks on the road uh, after laying 81 and a minus six and a half line looks pretty tasty against a team that just lost to Wyoming. Um, I think the Buffaloes, uh, people are going to be riding high on the Buffaloes as they go. I think they're playing in Lincoln. Um, I think that oh, one is. No, a, oh, no, it's it's in Colorado. It's in Colorado. Um, and then and then Utah is traveling to Baylor. And you mentioned Baylor lost to TJ Finley in the Texas State Armadillos. Uh, Utah had a big win. And so that one looks a little bit a little bit iffy to me. Um, you know, gun to head on a Monday night. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the Ducks are going to be my sucker bet. I'll go ahead and take the Red Raiders. Get your guns up. Um, I love the other side of that. <laughs> I, of course you do. Of course <laughs> you do. That's why it's a sucker thing. bet. I'll lay my 401k. Uh, so just a, a housekeeping item. Uh, what we decided with with Larry's Losers is each bet is worth $100, 100 unit, 100 pesos, whatever you want to call it. Larry does have to pay juice, though, on his losses. Uh, so he's paying 10% on his losses. Well, so here's my question. He loves to give us like a six-pack, you know, which he just did, which I appreciate. I want you to. But are we just going to have you give one definitive Larry's Losers game, like the one you just did, Texas Tech? Um, that's going to be the one we go with. I'm picking one game this week. You never know. Sometimes I might get a little bit generous and give out two official picks. This week, we're going with just one. Love it. Write it down. Larry's losers right there. I think uh, Oregon's going to absolutely throttle them. 
I think you said the exact same thing a year ago that Alabama was going to throttle Texas and uh, the Horns almost had a miraculous upset in Austin. I definitely said that. Yeah. So for the benefit of some new listeners that that we're going to have this year, um, because we are partnering with Dog Nation and getting some good recognition with them and Brandon Adams with their various uh, stuff throughout the week. So I do I do think some new listeners are going to be tuning in. So first off, if you're new, glad you found us. Hope you enjoy it. Um, we have a Jimbo of the Week segment as well that was born out of discussions week in and week out about uh, Texas A&M's coach Jimbo Fisher's just idiotic uh, decision making, play calling, acting, whatever. So, so Gans has adopted that as his weekly segment, and he calls out somebody during the week that, that deserves the award. So, who you got this time? It tends to be a coach, um, but it doesn't have to be. A couple times last year, we, we called out fan bases for rushing the field, um, uh, players. Uh, but 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 the uh, the lineup this week, I'll give you three to follow my friend Larry here. Uh, one would be uh, we we already talked about Shane Beamer. I just thought he's just such a goofball, and I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. The second, and we've talked about this person as well, is Sun Sunbelt Billy. Just the the game was absolutely atrocious, and to get call, give uh, Utah a first down with two number threes on the field at the same time, our friend Tom Blood. Let me go back to him again. He called it coaching malpractice, malpractice live, and, and and that is absolutely true. Probably not Sunbelt Billy's fault, but nonetheless, you know you, you take uh, uh, responsibility for your coaching staff. But third, who I'm going to give, and this guy really really deserves it, uh, is one Brian Kelly. After. What he said going into the game, and I actually pulled up the exact quote, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're going to beat the heck out of Florida State and then get your ass kicked the way you did. You, sir, are the Jimbo of the week. I think he had the title a couple times last year, too. He, he is a repeat. Yeah, he's a frequent flyer of the Jimbo. He did say something last night, though. He goes, I don't know who we thought we were. Maybe we thought we were two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs, but we are not there yet. Yeah. Um, you can't go back on 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 the you laid the gauntlet down at Mike Norvell, who by the way I think is actually a pretty decent coach, and, and then you just get smoked. You don't score any points in the second half. Come on, hey, uh, I thought you were on your short list. You're going to have Butch Jones at Arkansas State. He got Correct. throttled seventy three to nothing. And oh, by the way, uh, year two of the Brent Venables era at Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma may actually be good. I get Dylan Gabriel as quarterback as as their quarterback. We'll see. I mean, I, you know, didn't really watch. I watched a couple of minutes of that game, but yeah, Butch Jones a pretty sure cried on the sideline. <laughs> they put up <laughs> what, back to give him the seven, seventy something points. Oklahoma did seventy three nothing. Yeah, so we'll see. It's All right, boys. Well, it's good to be back. Good to see your faces on a Monday night. Good to talk some football. We've gone through last week. Talked about next week. We'll see where we uh, where we land. I'm expecting Georgia to cruise to two and oh we'll see how the other games go and uh see you next week how's that sound yeah w- one more quick shout out to xavier trust who was wearing the 77 to honor devin willick this past week um i don't know if that's going it was a one game thing or a season long thing but apparently the team was all good with it so i thought it was a pretty cool um pretty cool show for their fallen teammate and uh, enjoy athens my man looking forward to updates from uh, the classic city yes sir yep. Well, thank you all for tuning in. If you're a new listener, hope you enjoyed it. We will be back every week um, to do what we're doing. My friends, Lawrence Kessler, Jason Gans. Uh, speaking of housekeeping, so Jason, for next week, maybe we'll tune up the camera a little bit. And Yeah, I, I need to work on that. I got I got blocked out of my work computer, and I'm working with, uh, I don't know, this might be like <laughs> PC2 from 1986. So. <laughs> but hey, you got to wait to bump it up. That's right.
Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Later. Take care.